This is Misty Phillip, and you are listening to the By His Grace podcast. Today, I have a very important conversation for parents who are listening to this show. This show is going to serve as a warning about the dangers of raising kids in the era of technology. My guest today, Deborah Berry, is a mom. She's an author and a speaker and an advocate. Deborah Berry's life was shattered when she discovered her daughter was on the verge of being swept away into sex trafficking at the age of 12. Deborah is the author of The Tech Trap, a mom's fight for her daughter in a world of modern technology. Deborah is on a mission to help parents and children understand the dangers of technology. After listening to this show, if you found this information helpful, please let me know by leaving a review and sharing it with your friends. I think that this is an important conversation that we need to be having about the dangers of technology with our friends, but also as parents having these conversations with our kids. So please welcome Deborah Berry to the By His Grace podcast. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Deborah Berry, welcome to the By His Grace podcast. I am so excited that you are here to share your story. You are the author of The Tech Trap, and you have an incredible journey that you have been on. And so we're going to just jump right into your story. Can you tell me what happened to your daughter and the story that, that led eventually to The Tech Trap? Well, Misty, thank you very much for having me today. I appreciate it. Yes, the story of my daughter. So back in 2016, if he had told me that my world was about to go upside down and I was about to fight the fight of my life for my daughter, I would have said, no way, not me. That's somebody else. We we have these conversations around social media and technology. We live in a nice neighborhood. They go to great schools. And this certainly would not happen to us, but as it turned out, it did. And on that day, I was looking at checking her social media like everybody does. And I have to admit, not being necessarily totally consistent with it, which is true of most people. And uh, anyway, looking at the Instagram, the Snapchat, so forth. And then that day I did something I usually didn't do, which was to go back and look at her photo library. And I just, I don't know why I did it. I just happened to. So I went back further and further and further in that photo library until I came across some screenshots of conversations between her and some strangers. Mm. Took me a minute to, you know, to just kind of get my mind around it. The language in the screenshots were 
highly sexualized. And I didn't even know my daughter knew those words. And at the time, she was 12 years old. She was only in the sixth grade. So I would later actually find out that this started with her when she was 10 years old. I just didn't catch it for two years, believe it or not. So anyway, uh, it was clear to me that there was a lot going on. And so I did a deep dive on her laptop, at which point we discovered hits on pornography sites. So many, I couldn't even count them. Interactions with adult dating sites personal pictures and videos that she had taken. And I can't tell you the horror of that moment and what that does to a parent and discovery of a child that is way in over her head. Yeah. So, yeah, it was pretty awful. So we uh, obviously knew we needed to do something. And long story short, a decision was made to put her into the wilderness program and then on to therapeutic boarding schools where she stayed for it's about a total of four years. Now to back up for just a second, this kid was already kind of a sassy, confident kind of kid. So when you have sassy confidence hit internet, nothing but an explosion, you know? So that's what happened. Well, and, and, um, and not only that though, I think that, you know, we would think that a 12 year old, wouldn't know those terms that wouldn't be sexualized. Unfortunately, I think that, and it might even be the statistic came from you because I think one of my friends told me by the age of 12, that the number of kids that have seen pornography is way beyond anything that I ever could have imagined. And it's not if they have, it's that they have, right? Could you maybe speak to that a little bit? 71% of them are exposed to pornography by about that age, whether they've even looked for it or not. I mean, some of them, curiosity takes them there, and some of it, it just pops up through things like TikTok, Snapchat, all kinds of different ways. I mean, any, any curious child, you know, you think about it like this, just like I could research a question about something I'm interested in, so can a child. So if you have a young child who has heard some sort of sexual term or is curious about something and doesn't have the confidence to ask the parent, all they need to do is go to the internet and Google it. And next thing you know, you have you have an answer and then you have a really big problem. <laughs> so the sad part about it is whether they've looked for it or not, you can't unsee what you have seen. And that's where, to me, where the real tragedy comes in, because these kids are not, it changes who they are, who they're meant to be. And um, you, you can't, you can't undo that, unfortunately. Yeah. So if you had to do it over again, would you make the same decisions? Would you follow the same path regarding your daughter? And if so, then why? Yeah. So like I mentioned, we made this decision to put her into the wilderness, which I don't know if your audience is familiar with that or not. It is a program that you you take your child and they take them out into the field for a period of 90 days where you don't get to see them, you don't get to speak to them, anything like that. And basically you're doing deep therapy 
the, the reason why you would do that would be it would disrupt the behavior, it would keep her safe, and then you would start to drill down and uncover what's going on and why, and then the next move that you would make. So she went from there into the therapeutic boarding schools because you you well, you don't go through all of that and then put her back into the school that she was originally in because it would all come undone. So anyway, that's a very long time. And obviously she's a victim, right? Because she's only a child of 12. But the reason I would do it is just, as I mentioned, to disrupt this behavior and to give her an opportunity to reset, uh, figure out what's going on, quiet the noise and just, you know, get down to it. So to me, as as radical as a choice this may appear to be, it's either a choice of losing her the, to the sex trade. I mean, she was on the verge of being picked up by somebody or trying to reset her and give her a second chance in a new direction in life by sending her to the wilderness. So yes, 100%, I would repeat that. And I... Um, I don't believe I would have my daughter today if I had not made that decision. Yeah. You know, I, for the parents who are listening, you know, Deborah, you, like you said, your daughter was in a good school, in a good neighborhood, you have a good home, you go to church on Sunday, you know, you just are living the American dream. And sometimes we think that it's these back alley, seedy, you know, that's the people that get caught in sex trafficking. But the reality of it is, is that these children are being groomed from a very early age, and it could happen to anyone. So the fact that you did something radical about it. You took her away from the technology, you know, because that's part of it too, is you got to break that habit with the technology. I think you literally, literally saved her life. And so that's why I wanted you to come on the podcast because this is such a serious conversation and parents, first of all, need to be aware and they need to be having these conversations with their children. So that leads me to my next question. What advice would you give parents with young children who are trying to navigate the world of tech and their kids? Well, the first thing that I would do, I would take it back if I could, which is I would not put a smartphone in her hand at the age of 10. It is much, much too young. It's, it's like carrying the internet in your pocket. Right. All kinds of things can go wrong. So I would delay tech, number one, as much as possible. When I did decide to give her that, I would provide it to her, not gift it to her. And the reason why you provide it and not gift it is that when you need to take it away from your child, you it's yours. It belongs to you. If you have gifted it for a birthday or any other uh, occasion... You know, it would be very common for them to say, well, that's mine. You gave that to me. <laughs> so that's a very important subtlety. Next, I would never, ever allow it behind a closed door. And I made a huge mistake with that. And it's it's easy to see why we do it. Because even as adults, we all do it. Most of us don't even have landlines anymore. So we take, you know, it's our phone. 
So we take it into our um, bedrooms. It's our weather. It's our schedule. It's our lifeline to, you know, maybe kids that are out late at night, whatever. So we take it behind the closed door. Our kids do the same thing. It's where they do their homework. It's where they do their entertainment. It's all those things. So we don't really think much about seeking a quiet private space to do homework or just to be entertained. But that is what the predators love because it puts up a a wall between you and what's going on in the rest of the household. So my daughter, in particular, the bathroom. So my daughter had told me that the one place she knew that I would never violate her privacy was in the bathroom. Mm. And she was right because either I was going to knock on the door, she was going to have a warning to put the phone away or whatever was going on to shut it down. So I would never allow it behind a closed door. I would also always use all available tools, you know, that you have any sort of the parental guides, parental tools that you have to block or to control and talk to your kids. You just have to bring up the subject matter about what can go wrong and really have good, good, hard conversations. I mean, this stuff is getting to a point where it's truly out of control. I mean, recently, like within the last two weeks, there was a 17-year-old boy here in Houston who had, he was on Snapchat and somebody, a girl had contacted him on Snapchat claiming to be a mutual friend, asked for a picture of his face, which he sent. And then minutes later, he got back a doctored picture that looked like he was naked. It appeared to be without any clothing on. And then that person turned around and threatened to post it to all of his contacts unless he sent money. Mm. So this is very, I mean, that it's actually quite innocent. He didn't really do anything, but right. this is, this is a level of sophistication of these predators and their ability to, to harm children and or teenagers, young people. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. Anybody with technology or on social media in their hands, this could easily happen to. Absolutely. There's, there's with the deep fakes and the phishing and the fake profiles. And I mean, there's so much going on where you can have someone who claims to be, you know, a, a, a junior high boy talking to a junior high girl when it's actually, you know, a man, a grown man. So yeah, there's all kinds of things that that we are seeing there. So I want to know what inspired you to share your story and to write this book? Well, when my daughter had been in therapeutic boarding school for all those years, they did not have any social media or technology, which was a great thing because (laughs) I knew that she was safe and I didn't worry about those things. But upon her return home, I realized that I could not create this isolation booth of sorts. I mean, all she would have to do is step out the front door of the house and, you know, boom, there we go again. So as a result of that before she actually left the schools, I really, I was panicked because I knew I couldn't control that. But what I figured I could do would be to educate her and to raise awareness around how the social media stuff works. And I could educate her, which is what I did. In the process of doing that, what I discovered regarding social media was absolutely shocking how these predators work 
persuasive technology, how this very addictive model is very purposefully built into all of these social media platforms, Uh, what the tech giants do with their own kids, where they send them to school, what they think about it, which is basically they keep them away from it. That's right. Should be a major red flag right there, right? That should be a major red flag is that the people who are creating these social media platforms do not allow their own children to be a part of them. That is 100% correct. So all this knowledge and information in combination with basically personal despair of having gone through this and feeling alone and desperate and lost and all these things inspired me to write the book. It, it frankly felt wrong to keep especially the information that I discovered around technology from other people. So that's why I wrote it. Essentially, you could say it's almost like a guidebook that you could hand to somebody who was in a bad situation with a child. And it's like, this is what your journey is going to look like. And these are the things you're going to go through. And it's going to be really, really hard. But, you, you know, you need to do it. And then in turn, social media, all, all these things that we think we know that we don't really know. And then finally, resources. The last part of the book has, like, who do you call? You don't exactly go to Mahjong and start talking about this stuff. Nobody nobody wants to have that conversation. And, uh, of course, you know, you don't know what questions to ask as you're making these decisions for your kid. It's really, so that's why I wrote the book. Yeah. So how has your faith played a role Mm -hmm. in helping you navigate the journey? Well, Faith was everything because obviously there are no guarantees and there were no promises. And it was just so, so frightening as to where we were going and how we were going to get there. That that faith was very sustaining. So there was there was in the book, I had written this little prayer that basically I repeated every day for four years in this process, which I, I want to share that with you. And it goes like this. It's, it's uh, dear God, it is my intention to do right by this child as promised the day she was born. I am prepared to travel this unknown path. Lead me to the solution. And I promise to recognize your wisdom. Give me the courage to accept your answers, whether I like them or not. Finally, I ask for continued strength to trust the process. So probably the most important part of that prayer is the part that says, accept your answers, whether I like them or not. Yeah. Because I didn't always like the answers, to be honest with you. Yeah, I can imagine. So I I do have a question. How is your daughter now? Where is your daughter now? How is your relationship with your daughter now? She is doing very, very well. She was able to come home her junior, senior year of high school. She is actually now a freshman in college. But when she came home her junior year of high school, it was really tough trying to integrate back with other kids, teenagers in high school. Well, number one, we'd had the pandemic. And so that, you know, that created some other challenges and so forth. But aside from that, she, she'd been some places that a lot of other kids hadn't been. So it made it tougher for her 
to relate. You know, she's just different. It just makes you different. So one of the things she wanted to do was she had an interest in flying aircraft. So she had asked me if she could take some flying lessons in her junior year of high school. And I said, yes, that she could. So long story short, she became a pilot. And now she's at Embry-Riddle, which is an aeronautical college in Florida, becoming a professional, you know, working on towards becoming a professional pilot. So it all turned out, you know, it was well, never over with. Right. Right. But so far, <laughs> it's, it's turned out OK. But, you know, that's another very important point is that when your kid, if your kid has been through some of these things, providing an alternate interest where they can go and they can connect and create a create a community that's not virtual. Yeah. See, this is this is so much the concern for me right now for all of our kids is this inability to really connect. And they're desperate for it. And they're so desperate for it that they they go online and they they create it online in a way that's comfortable for them, which really only creates more more disconnection in my opinion. Absolutely. So if you can figure out, yeah, if you can figure out a way to let them pursue a hobby or an interest that is in real time, face to face with people, uh, put away that technology and spend time with somebody else learning something, doing something, being something and get real connection, which is really what we're all desperate for. I mean, that's what we're built for is to be connected. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what is your core message then regarding the technology to parents? You know, if you were sitting across the table from a friend with coffee who had concerns, what would you share? Well, the most important thing is this could happen to anyone, anytime, anywhere. It it does not matter where you live, what you do any of those things. If, if your child has technology in their hands, they're vulnerable. Um, it's just so important to try to stay informed and aware of what your kids are doing online to the best of your ability and to talk to them, to create that relationship where they know they can come to you and talk to you, which is, which is really difficult because Frankly, I thought I had that relationship with my daughter. And, uh, you know, all kids are different. They all have different temperaments, but you have you have to parent and you have to it does matter. And you have to be a mentor and you have to live by example and do the best you can. Even though my daughter didn't come to me, I had an unfortunate discovery. She was 12. The good news is, is I didn't wait. I did intervene. I did get in there. I did do something about it. And like we said earlier, frankly, I think it saved her life. And aside from that, it did not allow those things to become bigger and spill over into even more issues such as drugs, alcohol. It just goes on and on. Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And praise the Lord that you, you know, that you were checking her phone, that you did come across it, that you did intervene. Because how many times do parents, you know, just think Johnny or Susie or, you know, that their kids are good. They're, you know, they're making good grades in school. They're active in activities and they just know their child 
at least they think they know their child and they think they know what's happening. And so they don't check. And then that's when those large problems do arise. So I'm just so grateful that you were prompted to to check and, and to even dig a little bit further than you had in the past. And then now you're using your story to help other people. And as difficult and as painful as that season was for you, you're now in a position where you get to, you, you speak at schools and you talk to parents. And tell us a little bit about that as we wrap this interview up. Well, I feel like God has given me this moment in my life for a reason. And so I recognize that and feel like it's my way to give back. And it's, it's, um, anyway, I feel like I was blessed with the experience. Sounds really kind of odd, doesn't, doesn't it? Because it certainly was not fun, <laughs> but in that, yeah, the willingness to give back and I, and to talk about it. And I have no way of knowing um, when I do speak whose life I might be touching or just even altering the slightest. As we all know, sometimes we have an effect on somebody, but you don't necessarily get to know that. And, you know, that's, that's, that's God's hand, frankly. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm willing to, I'm willing to be taken wherever I'm supposed to be taken in this life. And I think this is one of those roads. Yeah. So the book is Tech Trap. Is there a subtitle with it? A mom's fight to save her daughter in the world of modern technology. Yeah, that's really <laughs> and, good. Uh, and yeah, if so, someone wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? I have a website, which is the techtrapmovement.com. Um, you can reach me at Deborah at techtrapmovement.com. And my book is on Amazon. If you, in fact, I think if you just put in the tech trap, it pretty much pops up now. Yeah. And we'll put all of those so, links. You can get it. Yeah. We'll put all of those links in the show notes because I, I really want y'all to get the book. I want you to follow up with the work that Deborah's doing. Check out her website. And then if you have questions about this, if this is something that you're going through, I know that this book can be a resource to help you to navigate the emotions, but also to provide the resources. So Deborah, thank you so much for coming on by His Grace today. Thank you for the bravery of sharing your story and for helping to, to change and save other people's lives. Thank you, Misty. I really appreciate it so much. Thanks. Thank you for joining me today on By His Grace. I hope you've enjoyed listening and are encouraged by our guest today. I would love for you to visit my blog, mistyphilip.com, for more encouragement. You can find me on social media as Misty Phillip, and I would love to connect with you there. 